and creating the frictionless customer experience is really the end goal um, and it's something that we we strive for but you know it's it does require change and change is hard so especially when you're working at a global organization so it's uh, I always go back to Simon Sinek's you know start with why and so we right. spend a lot of time explaining to them why we even ask them questions well how do you buy this and they're like well I do this well of course you do you know you don't want to talk to the sales rep right away eventually you do but you know we're basically basically trying to give you guys tools to help move your prospects through the funnel faster. Thank you for listening. This is Brett Trainer, your host for Hardwired for Growth, a podcast where we strive to help entrepreneurs and business owners not only grow their businesses, but scale them. We do this by having conversations with industry experts and the entrepreneurs who have successfully scaled their own businesses. Statistics show that only 5% of all startups ever achieve annual revenue of a million dollars and less than 1% reach 10 million. Our mission is to help more than double the number of companies that reach each of those thresholds. The voice you heard a moment ago is that of Lindsay Kelly. Lindsay is a marketing guru, and I don't use that term lightly. She has over 20 years experience and has always been on the forefront of marketing innovation. Recently, she has been one of the early adopters of conversational marketing. She joins me today to talk about not only what conversational marketing it is, but how companies of any size should be using this technology. This was a fun and interesting conversation. Conversational marketing can help you unlock both top-line revenue and bottom-line profit. Questions we answer today are, what is conversational marketing? Why conversational marketing leads are up to five times more likely to convert to sales opportunities compared to other lead sources. That's a big one. Why conversational marketing is a competitive advantage for small companies. How chatbots can improve the customer experience for rapidly scaling companies. Plus much, much more. Now, on to the intro. Welcome back. You're listening to Hardwired for Growth, a podcast dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and business owners who are looking for sustainable and scalable growth strategies, led by your host, Brett Trainer. Good morning, Lindsay, and welcome to the show. Hey, Brett, how are you? I'm happy to be here. I am doing well, and I'm glad we finally were able to get schedules to sync because I've been super excited to, uh, to talk to you about this topic today. I know this is going to be one of the most epic podcasts ever because we have tried and failed on at least six different occasions to get together and get this done. I had a hurricane come through. <laughs> I had to cancel. It's been crazy. <laughs> yeah, we had a technology glitch once we couldn't overcome. So that's ah. why I said this, this needs to be epic. And, you know, I think with the topic of conversational marketing, I think it's going to be, you know, really interesting because we have, I've had a CEO of a, a chatbot company on Ish Jindal, which was interesting, but I think the conversational marketing is a, a broader topic that I, I definitely want to get into today. But before we do, why don't we, or you, tell me a little bit about, you know, kind of your role at your current company and frankly, what your, what your company does today. Absolutely. So I am currently the VP of digital and content marketing for an internet of things, an IOT company called Tellit. And basically what uh, IOT is in essence is we connect things 
to the internet. It's that's it's pretty simple. And we produce uh, the the modules that go on chips that contain the antennas that allow the connectivity. So we have the connectivity plans globally, as well as the platform that you're able to then track and monitor and manage things. So, you know, think um, somebody that wants to deploy a whole fleet of scooters in a, in a town and they need all of the different things uh, to, to keep it connected, see where their scooters are, make sure that the payments are going through, keep them connected. We kind of do all of those things for for the, the device that would go onto that scooter. That's, you know, a pretty, pretty high level, but pretty easy way to explain what Tellit is and does. So does that mean you're a technology geek that you're able to market for these folks or are you just a quick learner? I'm a quick learner and I've had uh, almost two years now to, to learn. I used to refer to all of the different modules as Star Wars robots because there's, <laughs> they're complicated names. It's like the ME910, G1. And so I couldn't think of all of the different ones at first. So I would say, hey, if R2-D2 needs to speak to C-3PO, uh, <laughs> which always got a laugh, but I'm, I'm much more fluent now in IoT. I get it. No, and that, it makes sense. And so what type of customers are you working with? Uh, is it typically enterprise or is it a, a spectrum? It's a broad spectrum, but but we do work with some pretty large names. Um, I'm not going to call all of them out now because I don't have the list of who I can and can't say uh, on the air in front of me. But, you know, think thermostats in your home that uh, you can control from your phone when you're not there to turn the temperature up or down. Think cargo ships that have containers that need to be monitored for, you know, refrigeration or things like that and all the different types of data that need to, to be able to connect globally as those things are going across the sea. The list is long. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. That's a good job security, right? <laughs> Big names, yes. the longer the list. That's, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Now, definitely, as we I kind of alluded to at the beginning around conversational marketing, and you know that's something you it's been well documented. You guys have had a great deal of success utilizing it, and I do want to talk about um, your journey at Tellit with with conversational marketing. But I think for the folks in the audience that may have heard of it or may not have heard of what conversational marketing, can you just give us a you know your take and an overview on on what it is? Absolutely. And it's pretty simple. It's basically, it's the best way to have a conversation online with people who are looking to buy from you at that particular moment in time. And really enabling the customer to, to have direct access online to the people that they need to speak with within the organization. And there's a lot that goes into that. Uh, but it's it's really just a way for, you know, for companies to be able to speak to the humans that want to work with them. Got it. Using technology as the, the, I don't want to say the first line of defense, but as the first interaction. It's the conduit. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's really, there is a lot of different conversational marketing tools out there and they all have chat bots and they, they use different terminology. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's making sure that you have put the right strategy in place to make the most out of, you know, that, that tool that you have on your your website, and you know, I'll, I'll kind of go back to the beginning of our journey um, at Tellit, and you know, we started with some folks over in uh, in EMEA, 
and we had qualifying questions and you know if they answered this way then we said okay what's this question and if they answered this way they said oh okay well what is this question and so it was a series of responses auto responses that our little chatbot who we named Otis um, <laughs> was pre-qualifying so Otis was was his own little his own little system and then once the person was qualified, then Otis would go and get the, the appropriate sales rep. And the way that it works is, you know, these tools integrate with your marketing automation and your CRM platforms. So the bot can say, okay, this IP address is in this country and that's this sales rep. So it's, it's able to, to properly route and direct the conversation to the right person. And, okay. you know, we've even had chatbots in different languages. So it's, it's tricky but it's, it's a lot of fun to figure out. And I would say one of the, the first things that we learned when we first started doing this was we were asking too many questions. So when you go into the back end of your marketing automation platform, and, and we use um, uh, Drift. Drift is something okay. that integrates very well with, with our marketing automation platform and our CRM. And the way that we built out the chatbots, we had a series of, I think, five questions at first. And so we saw we were losing them after the second question. So that's why it's so important to pay attention and look at the data on the back end to see where they drop off. And it's very manual, to be honest, because, you know, we've had well over a thousand different conversations happen so far. So, you know, you're kind of eyeballing each one and all of the different sales reps are looking at, you know, what their conversations are, making sure that they're on top of answering the questions or giving me the feedback with, hey, this, this part's not working very well. Can we change it up to this? But we found we were asking too many questions. And so, you know, we pulled those back. I brought in a, a, a dedicated North America salesperson to really be my partner in this. And, you know, with him, we were able to hone in and refine on how people wanted to engage, how quickly they needed to get to a human, and how to best route that. So that's kind of how we first got started. Okay. And great. And I do want to dig into that, but I want to take just a little bit back before that because, you know, I've spent a good portion of my career in the, you know, the B2B world and, you know, the traditional functional silos, if you will, between, you know, sales, marketing, you know, customer success, onboarding, et cetera. So how did you first, uh, I guess, what was Telet doing prior to you looking to test drift in the the European market? What was it just the, your traditional siloed approach and handoffs? Yeah, I mean, it really was. And, and that worked really well for a long time. And I, I come from kind of the, the HubSpot inbound marketing methodology world where, you know, we're trying to educate and drive people to the website, give them the answers to the questions that, you know, are burning with them and they need to know what is IoT. And we're answering these questions and giving them a journey on the website. So, you know, as they're finding us through organic or PPC and, and exploring and learning more, we were driving them to landing pages that said, hey, get a consultation. And not everybody wants that. Not everybody is ready for that. And, you know, think about the last time 
Brett, that you went online and you were like, oh, I really want this resource, this white paper, but oh, I have to give them my email address. Right. Or you <laughs> can expect five in. phone calls coming from them because I just gave my phone number, right? Exactly. We're like Pavlov's dogs now. So we're <laughs> conditioned to know, okay, if I do this, I'm going to get inundated by marketing. That's what we do in marketing. We ruin everything. Uh, <laughs> and then we find the next thing. <laughs> um, that's changing. Yes. Yes. So, um, it's, it's evolving and, you know, think about, I mean, when I first started 20 some years ago, I was in, you know, advertising and print and, you know, print is not dead, but you know, we didn't have this type of, you know, I was around for the dot bomb. There was nobody searching and educating themselves the way that they are today. And there wasn't the plethora of information out there now. So people are weeding through and finding things very specific to them uh, that just wasn't available even five or 10 years ago. So what we were finding was people are still filling out forms, but not as much as they used to. We had a lot of abandonment on, on some of our, our pages that used to be rock stars for us. And, you know, it was part of, well, you know, then we put them in nurturing campaigns and then the sales reps follow up with them. And maybe they just had one question. So we said, well, what else can we do? And that's, that's where we, we came into the conversational marketing methodology aspect of, of what we're doing now, saying, let's just give them a way to ask a question. So initially the reps were like, no, 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 let's qualify them first. And we almost use it like a form. And we still do require email addresses for certain things. But for a lot of things, you know, they're still unidentified in our, in our database. We're answering their questions and they don't want to be identified. So we're still helping. And, you know, that's, that's a, a big mind shift, um, I think, for some people is going from, you know, selling to helping. But looking at the conversations on the back end that these guys are having with people that we can't identify, you know, they're grateful, they're happy, they're excited to engage with some of our sales specialists. So one of the things that we found very interesting is we've had, we've had a few now where we have the ability to drop a calendar, which does work very well, by the way, when they can just pick their own time. And if the sales rep's not available because it's two o'clock in the morning and you know, you've got a CEO or, or a designer, a maker trying to figure out how to connect his bulldozer to the cloud. Right. You know, he's up at 2 a.m. brainstorming and they'll just say, okay, great. I'll set up a, a time to just talk to somebody. And it's on their terms. You know, you, you don't have to give your phone number. You just give your email address and they're able to have access to the sales reps calendar and pick a time for them. So it's about figuring out the shift of how people want to engage with you. I think a lot of times companies get lost in, you know, well, this is what we want to do. It's all about us. And this is a complete shift to, well, what is the, what is the, the human want? So, right. um, but we've had a couple of times where people have said, I'll give you my email address as long as you don't put me on your email marketing list. And you're so like, that, fair enough, right? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And we don't do that. Um, now, if they've requested a newsletter, obviously, we do drop them into that uh, sure. newsletter. But, but we're respectful of what information they want to receive. You know, I think B2B is starting to, to catch up to B2C and the fact that, you know, when I, when I go to Amazon and I purchase something, I start to see all these ads that are very relevant to things I've purchased and it's helpful. But they're not going to show me 
a, a, a baby bouncy toy anymore because my daughter is 10. <laughs> you know, they've, <laughs> they've evolved into, oh, she doesn't want that. She, she wants the PlayStation 4 with the virtual reality, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I, and just to, to kind of reiterate where, especially with folks that's been in this, this space, specifically in the B2B, right? It used to be always about top of the funnel. How many people are we getting and we can convert and, you know, with form fills and get email addresses at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's really is quality over quantity. And if you've got 10,000 people in your funnel, pat yourself on the back and great job. But if only a hundred of them are really the folks that you want to talk to, you know, how do you get more specific? And, you know, I love the, the concept and the idea that, you know, conversational marketing can really help the customer decide when they're qualified versus, you know, going through the process. And I want to get into how you had to change your process of, all right, well, I've got somebody that's interested. We're going to get them on a demo and we'll do a qualifying call where I've seen that the companies that are more progressive with this are using the bots to help qualify, right? They answered, as you mentioned, certain few questions that, that said, yeah, they're definitely their intent is, and they're looking to buy. And then you don't want to get the sales rep on the call for the first time and go through a qualification process again. So I, I love the idea of you know, taking the friction out of the process for the buyer. And, you know, was that a fundamental change for the company as this started to evolve? Or was it something that everybody started to see the results fairly quickly? That's a fantastic question. It's still in an evolutionary phase right now. The the okay. folks who are actually part of this chatbot experience right now, the majority of them are in North America, and it's more of a kind of progressive rollout for us. So we now have quite a few months under our belt working with the North America team, and they definitely see the value. And it's very hard when you've had success with other tactics and strategies to make a shift. So I think, you know, seeing these numbers, understanding how much easier it is to just, you know, sit there and have a, a chat back and forth with somebody, especially when you look at some of our, our younger reps and the millennials, like they're very in tune with this whole methodology because they are, you know, they're, they're in a, a generation that has never really not known uh, the internet. They, they're attached to their phones just like we all are. It's much easier to have a conversation on a keyboard than it is in person. And creating the frictionless customer experience is really the end goal. Um, and it's something that we, we strive for. But, you know, it's, it does require change and change is hard. So especially when you're working at a global organization. So it's, uh, I always go back to Simon Sinek's, you know, start with why. And so we right. spend a lot of time explaining to them why. We even ask them questions, well, how do you buy this? And they're like, well, I do this. Well, of course you do. You, know, you don't want to talk to the sales rep right away. Eventually you do. But, you know, we're basically trying to give you guys tools to help move your prospects through the funnel faster. So it's also a lot of fun because you're able to give people the option to understand as they're going through the chatbot, well, this is going to lead me to a place where I really don't want to talk to somebody. So, you know, once we give them that, do you want to chat with somebody right away? Or would you like some more information, uh, some resources? Or are you just, you know, finished with the conversation and they have choices. So it's amazing how you can use your, you know, content marketing within these conversational marketing chatbots to say, okay, great. So you want some more resources, you know, 
give me your email real quick. We're not going to send these to you in any other way, but here's all the links to all of them. Um, and once you give us your email address, they're all unlocked. So that's one way that we can at least have their information and go back and be able to see what other areas of the website they might be looking at. If they pop back on the site, we have it set up so the sales rep that's assigned to that prospect actually gets a notification and can jump in and say, hey, I'm Steve. You know, do you have any questions while you're, while you're here? Thanks for visiting. So you know, it's, it's a, a really robust way to engage with the prospect without freaking them out, to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it's so true. And I say the old days, this is what, two, three years ago, and it's probably still happening today quite a bit where, you know, I mentioned you get the phone call as soon as you incorporate, but when you don't, and, you know, you know, with technology today, companies can see where you are in the website, what you're interacting with and place a strategic phone call. And, you know, that's the one that gets a little creepier. Could <laughs> How did you know what information I was looking at? And that's why I love the idea of this, of not self-serve. And, you know, some of the, the doubters will say, well, you can't be aggressive enough to push them through the funnel. And again, I just think those tactics, yeah, they may still work in some industries, but I think it's going to be less and less impactful in the more as you mentioned, the, the frictionless experience and getting the information they want and having experts available when they need it is, is, is really the way of the future, right? It is. And, and you can use this tool in so many different ways. For instance, you know, we have uh, biweekly meetings with our reps who are on the tool right now. And we're always saying, you know, what works, what doesn't, share successes. What else would you like to see? How else can we improve this, this tool for you? And a lot of them, you know, this, just the past week said, hey, well, I'm actually getting a lot of questions about technical support. So can we add a button that says, are you looking for technical support and give them the direct email address of that person until such time as we're able to say, let's get a technical support person on this license oh, yeah. too, you know, and, and this is, that's going to be the evolution. And that's why you always have to be following the trends, looking at the data, you know, and using that data to figure out what else you can do to make the tool even better. It's about continuous improvement. You cannot set and forget anything anymore. Yeah, I love that. And too, I think one of the, I don't know, maybe misnomers because I think Drip does it really well with the, the conversational marketing and you just pulled in tech support and there, there's actually no reason why, you know, these can't be deployed across the entire customer life you know, life, a lifetime, right? So if you're pre-customer, you're going through onboarding, you're now current customer, you have questions with service that, you know, as long as, and again, I'll precursor that, that as long as it's done right and personal and you still have the, the availability of, of humans, you know, it's going to make the entire journey, again, we keep coming back to frictionless, right? But a better experience for the customer if they can get the information they want without having to, have a conversation with the human, right? Absolutely. And, and I mean, think about it this way. We have so many different module families in the IoT world, and there are so many different resources for each one. And, you know, right now we're looking at ways to bring all of these resources together because they kind of live in different places right now. So to be able to, to use the bot for more than just yes, no questions or button questions, you can actually open that bot up and you can set up different, you know, keyword groupings. So if somebody does type in that ME910 
C1, the bot can actually say, oh, I recognize ME910C1. I can ask this person, are you looking for the data sheet? Do you have specific questions and need a human? Or do you need sales? And be able to say, okay, great. No, I'm just looking for more technical resources. Excellent. Here's a link directly to the spec sheet for the ME910. So it can get as robust as you want. And some of the playbooks that you can build on the back end are just absolutely jaw-dropping when you look at them because there's so many different things that you can do with it. It's like building out a nurturing workflow, you know, with the email that we, that we all still do. I mean, we admit it, but <laughs> you know, you know, if they open this email and click it, then send them this one. And if they do this, then do that. So there's so many different things that you can do with these tools. It's almost overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. But I think to your point, if you, you build it out right and slowly and get people to adopt. And, you know, one of the things I want to talk about in a second is, you know, smaller or growing companies, you know, how this could be used as a competitive advantage if set up as, as they're growing. But the one thing I want to go back to, you had mentioned the reps or the, the folks that are using or part of the program and the, the folks that are not. Just curious if they're, I don't want to say their job description or their their day-to-day job has kind of changed because of the way they interact with the the leads or the you know prospects versus the ones that are still in the traditional roles. Or if you have any insight you could share on kind of the differences between the two. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And and so I'll tell you kind of how how we broke it out. We have the the chatbot in North America, for instance, um, split up by the different territories. And right now, if they land on a certain page, the tool can say, okay, this person is from Wisconsin. They are on this page of the website. And my chatbot playbook says, I need to serve up this particular playbook because maybe they're not looking for modules. They're looking for connectivity. So the bot will automatically know who it needs to send this conversation to for an engagement. So there's nobody that's being overwhelmed by all of the different things that are coming in. So we have it set up to say, okay, if the company size is this, or the industry is this, or so on and so forth, you can set it up to be very granular and specific so you're not overwhelming your sales reps. I mean, you're, we're talking about a global company with 45,000 hits a month. So <laughs> if I just turn the bot on, it would be like mass chaos. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sure. But it's, but it's very specific because again, it's about the quality, not the quantity. It's not how many conversations. It's how qualified are these conversations. So you can upload your specific target list. So if you're a small business and you say, okay, I have been going after these 10 folks for so long because if I can just get these guys, I will be on easy street. And I upload those to Drift and then I get a notification when those people are on the site so I can jump on immediately and just say, welcome to the site. What brings you here today? Or I can set the bot up to do that, to say, okay, this person's on the site, put up this message as Otis, because again, you don't want to mislead anybody to thinking that they're talking to a human. You want to make it very well known, like, this is a robot. I'll get you a human when you're ready. But giving people an option to ask questions that are very specific. So you can set up a, a, a playbook directly for people who, you know, for, for those 10 companies that might all be, you know, automotive dealerships that, you know, right. you're trying to get into to this automotive dealership with maybe a software package that's perfect for their organization. And you've somehow brought them to the site. Well, this playbook can literally say, welcome 
you know, XYZ Ford dealership. Want to see how we've helped other dealers across the country to improve their operational processes. And yeah. yeah, and and it can actually say that because most of these chatbot tools have partners. Like for instance, Drift works with Clearbit. They basically just scrape the data and they say, okay, this is the IP address. And this is the organization that is attached to that. I don't know who the person is, but I can say, hey, XYZ Ford dealership, welcome to the site. How can I help you? It just makes it more personal. And you know, we're, we're marching forward into the next era of marketing, which is going to be very one-to-one. So personalization yeah. is key. 100% agree. And I think we can almost do a full another episode on how, you know, what a positive impact this could have on account-based marketing, right? As you get to said personalized after going versus specific set of customers that the, the organization can, can align around where this would have been really difficult to do, you know, even three to five years ago, as you started to look at, you know, your known universe of, of customers. So no, I, I, I love it. And you did start to transition me into, you know, if I'm a growing business, how you would recommend they should look at it. But before, just, you know, share some of the, the benefits as you've gone through this journey so far that you've seen as a company and whether that's experience, conversion rates, customers, you know, yeah, anything and- that, that you've been able to see. I'll start with a with a little a little piece of advice. If you're small and you don't have a high volume of traffic, just turn the bot on and you know turn it on as you. Make sure you're sitting there ready to go, and for one solid day, just see what kind of questions come in and answer them. Because you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what they're looking for unless you really have that data and that insight, and unless you've got a really robust tool to be able to track all your all your visitors all over the site, this is a very easy way to just start to figure out what they're looking for. And then you have more intelligence to go say, okay, so if they're looking for, you know, um, like back to the dealership that has a specific software um, that they're trying to, or the software company trying to sell to the specific dealership, you know, what are these guys looking for? Make sure that if you have a page on your website all about that, that the bot pops up and says, hey, did you have questions about the pricing of the tool that I can answer for you? And if the person says yes, then, you know, you can have the bot go and get the person or you can, you know, just sit there and be able to answer the questions. But it was really, um, it's a funny story when when we first got this tool and I was still learning how to use it, I basically just turned it on, like on every page of the website. And it was the automated, it was Otis saying, what brings you here to tell it today? How can I help you? And all of a sudden I realized two hours later what I did. And I had a bunch of conversations that had been started that unfortunately I didn't get notified on. I was the only one in the tool. Uh, (laughs) I didn't have any of the answers anyway, but it was really insightful to see there was, there was like two or three different common themes with the questioning. And that was so insightful to me because I'm like, wow, I can drive people, you know, I I have my answers to what these people are looking for. So I could turn on on the homepage, hey, are you looking for this, this or this? Because that could drive them directly to the resources that they want or to the human that they want. So I would would highly recommend if you have a smaller number of of folks visiting your site every day, if your traffic isn't 45,000 a month like ours, just turn it on and, and have the bot have your picture, make sure you're engaging as you and say who you are. Hi, I'm, I'm, I'm Brett. What brings you here to, to our site today? You know, or I'm Brett, the, the owner of this software that can enhance your operations at your car dealership. 
and you know, or what, and what question can I answer for you? And you'll, you'll be surprised what kind of information you can glean just from that. Yeah, and information is is king. And just curious if you know you, had, you probably there's not a good way to quantify it, but you know my hypothesis is the folks that are willing to engage with the bot to ask it questions, had you made a cold call or reached out directly to that person, one they may not have answered, and I'm guessing you're getting better engagement through the bot than you would through what I would call the traditional or previous tactics, right? Exactly. And, and if you're trying to reach people specifically, you know, again, you were saying, you know, you can marry ABM with these things. You know, if I've got reps that have specific high level target accounts that we're targeting with, you know, a nice account based marketing strategy, dropping them on the site and that bot can immediately pop up and say, you know, Hey, sales rep, Steve, your big whale is on the site right now. I just popped up a thing for him. Go in and see if he engages with it or go ahead and engage right there, right? Like right there live. Um, and just, just don't freak them out. Um, right. Don't say, Hey, Bob, thanks for coming to the site today. It's Steve. Yeah. <laughs> right. A simple, a simple question and answer back and forth and don't write them a book. If you have a lot of data for them, you know, write a few words and then hit enter and then write again. Because if you just sit there for 30 seconds trying to answer a question in full because it's complex, you're going to lose them. So it's you have to set the expectation. Yeah. So if somebody's like, you know, I'm looking for XYZ information, say, okay, great. I have some answers for you. Let me round out each one and then send that message. And it's okay. First thing is you have to think about this, send that away. Um, you know, in addition to that, you have to think about X, Y, Z. That way you're not sitting there for two minutes typing something out that's right. <laughs> somebody staring at the little, the three little dots that just keep oh, yeah. bouncing up and down like, okay, well, this person's writing. When is he going to hit enter? <laughs> right. And I think it goes back to the, you know, the name Drift has for it, which is conversational marketing, right? <laughs> the yeah. whole point is to be conversational, not technical and a, right to your point, write a book or a novel and, you know, just be quick and, and engaging with the potential customers. So I, yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense. So, and you kind of reference as a small business, be active as part of it, you know, as you were talking and I was thinking through definitely companies that are scaling, right? So there's the individual owner that, you know, has a business that probably doesn't have a ton of web traffic, but be helpful to have the bot, you know, be there when they're not to be able to engage with it. But then part two you know, some of the companies I work with, they're now at the point of they're bringing on a lot of resources, whether it's in sales or SDRs or customer success. And the real challenge is keeping enough human <laughs> to interact with the, the volume they're getting where I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I'd love your perspective, is the bots can help you scale, right? They can take away some of the, I don't want to call them non-value edit interactions, but some of the conversations that didn't necessarily require human interaction in the past can allow those folks to get up to speed quicker, you know, as you're scaling your business. Yeah, exactly. And and one of the layers that I think is very important for large organizations that have a, a bigger sales force that you don't want to have your whole sales force on a tool like this is to have an inside sales team. This is perfect for an inside sales team. They can engage, they have the time to sit there and answer these things, whereas your reps are kind of all over the place. And, and that can be a challenge because when somebody wants an answer, they want it in real time. 
No, that is, that's for sure. And if you've got outside sales that they're on the street or in a meeting, it's much harder to catch those engagements real time. And just, uh, again, I'm kind of jumping all over the place. So my apologies. <laughs> no worries. Because, There's so many ahead. things to cover. <laughs> I know my head's spinning and I've probably got a hundred more questions, but I, I do want to be sensitive to your time. But, you know, from uh, tell its perspective from a transaction, I think folks think, well, bots are good if it's you know, $39 a month subscription and it's straightforward and it's not going to work for custom engagements or, you know, more complex sales. I'd love to get your perspective on one, is that it true or two, how do you see the bots helping with the, to your point, the more complex or larger deals? Well, I, I can tell you right off the bat, um, when you purchase one of these, you can actually tie it to your CRM system and it'll send the data over. So if the bot has assisted in a sale and has been part of that conversation, you can actually close the loop with your ROI. So you can see exactly how much money is in the pipeline based upon the conversations that have been had. Now, of course, you know, Drift will never be, or a conversational tool will never be like your lead source because they have to get to the site somehow. So right. if it's organic or PPC, it's, it's about the engagement that happens after that. And so we can see right off the bat how many millions of dollars in pipeline we've been able to, to generate with the bot and how much of that is closed. So it's really easy to, to be able to show what the bot can really do to help move something through the funnel if you have all of your martech stacks set up the right way so that you can see all of that got it and again back to my earlier question i think too is this gets a little more mature you can you know align that across you know post sale as well and really start to understand the impact that the bots are having on overall experience right they they're taking some of the unnecessary weight unnecessary. And again, I say there's people that say every interaction should be human interaction. And I think our buyers would, would disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you know, it, it is, it is B to H it's business to human. And, and it's nice to be able to have the option of engaging or not engaging. So does every single person go through all of the, the playbooks that we set up? No, they don't. But the ones that are qualified, ready, and extremely interested in what you have to offer, but don't necessarily want to offer up their contact information or set up a meeting just yet. Those are the ones that you have a real opportunity to move them further through that sales funnel just by answering a few of their questions and being then seen as A, a subject matter expert to them, as well as B, a partner, because you're answering their question, no strings attached. Yeah, no, and that makes sense. And, you know, I think as we kind of recap the benefits, obviously, from the overall customer experience, right, they're going to get real time information, still the ability to talk to a human to I'm guessing your conversion rates have improved on bot yes. assisted deals. And then probably the, the third one that I actually commented on a, somebody's post this morning where it was, you know, B2B sales in the e-commerce world. And, you know, I think there's a misconception that sales are going to go completely away. But if you can take the sales reps out of the non-value added tasks, right, you're going to improve your expense rate too. If you get sales, in, which tend to be higher paid, right, specialist, and especially on the closing side, you know, you want to give them more swings at the bat and not handling some of the 
the non-value added communication. Does that make sense? It does. Absolutely does. And, and that's a, a big piece with us as well. When somebody is, is engaging with the, the bot and ends up with one of our sales reps as a human, you know, that sales rep is pretty quickly able to find out whether or not that's going to be something that they work on or, you know, one of our partners and one of our distributors who actually, you know, deals with a lot of our, our smaller folks, you know, they can just instantly say, Oh no, you need to work with this guy here. Here's his name. Here's his number. This is the company. These are the guys that are going to be able to help you, you know, with this size of an order. So it eliminates a lot of that kind of flow through the, through the system where if they fill something out and the sales rep has to call and they have to qualify, it, it happens in, you know, a minute with a chat bot versus days uh, when they're filling out forms and trying to figure out you know, on the back end, what the flow is and what needs to happen. It's, it's just so much more efficient. Yeah. And again, tying it back to growing small businesses, again, you're not going to replace the human interaction, but if you can augment it as you're starting to scale, you know, especially with you know, Lindsay, what you're going through at a very large organization, the transformation is going to take time. And, you know, I definitely believe you're, you're taking it the right way. You just didn't flip the switch and say, we're going this way, but it's, you know, it's an evolution. You're rolling out, you're seeing the benefits where smaller company could flip the switch or add this fairly quickly and gain some advantage on not only the cost conversion, you know, everything that we just talked about. No doubt. I mean, we, we saw almost, you know, within six weeks, an astronomical lift in getting people to sales qualified lead faster. Interesting. Use it with, no. with one guy. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding, right? Some people will still be doubters, but you know, I, I think that's here. And, you know, I think that's, um, it's a good place to end. I think maybe we'll have you back in a, a few months to maybe we'll do a, a 2.0 version that we get more advanced, but from a learner series or an introduction to conversational marketing. I think this, this was great. So I appreciate your time. But before I let you go, I'd like to kind of take you through our, our rapid fire round where the audience gets to know you a little bit more personally, if you're ready for that. All right, bring it on. <laughs> All right. What is an experience that really helps shape who you are today? And this could be professionally or personally. Ooh, I think that that's definitely going to have to be um, building an inbound agency. Uh, I was actually a, a HubSpot partner for six years uh, with two different agencies, but the second one was really building out a full and robust team. And I think that really helped shape me as, um, as a marketer, as a leader, as a mentor, and you know, just as a team member in general. So learning the, the trials and tribulations and turning that and helping a, a larger company kind of reshape who they are today, right? Yeah, no, and, and you know, the, the engagement with the clients and building, you know, having your own agency and going out and helping all these different types of folks definitely taught me how to, to work with different types of organizations, um, different personalities, and be able <laughs> to, uh, to pivot quickly as needed. Uh, that's great. That's great. Okay. Number two, what is one thing that you would highly recommend? Oh my goodness. Always, always, always be learning. I cannot express to you how important it is to keep up with what's going on out in your industry, no matter what it is, because as humans, we're evolving faster today in, in the technology space and what's available to us, we're evolving faster than ever before. So any webinar you can attend, listen to podcasts like yours. Um, just keep yourself 
educated as to what's going on in the marketplace and be very open to new ideas that you may hear on these, um, these podcasts or these webinars. Just keep learning. Yeah, I love it. I think you're right with technology evolving and changing as rapidly as it has just in the last, you know, five to 10 years, you know, what we know today is going to probably be different tomorrow. And if you're just sitting on the sidelines, it's, it's, it's going to pass you by. And, you know, I, I, I'm going to steal from you. you. Always be learning, you know, the old Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, always be yeah. closing. Now it's, now it's ABL, which I highly agree with. I think I probably spent more time in the last 18 months or two years between podcasts, learning, just really trying to understand, even if I'm not an expert in those areas, just understanding kind of the dynamics and, and what's kind of changing around me. So 100% agree with your, your recommendation on that one. So important. So good to hear that too. And, and people like you who are offering this type of great knowledge, um, that, you know, that's really what's enriching all of the, the different folks that you know, you're, you're touching, I mean, their careers, they're in all these different places and the more they can hear from different folks, you know, not just marketing folks, but I know you have a lot of different people on your, on your podcast and everybody has, you know, experiences and lessons that they can, that they can share. Um, I always say, I, I'm, I'm so much, I'm so grateful to have failed so hard and so fast so many times. So I can share those experiences with other people and say, Oh, try that. Wait, wait, try something else. Yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm 100% with you. you. Used to look at failure as you know a, a negative, but I think it is a positive if you learn kind of the whys around it. And you, to your point, and thank you for the plug on the show. But you know, one of the things I'm trying to do is get some different perspectives, right? Where we talk about growth. So I'll have some of the entrepreneurs and founders that have have made and shared their journeys, and some have been non-traditional. And then two, the subject matter experts like yourself sharing what I would call non-traditional. It's not even a tactic. It's a strategy, right? And mm, I think yeah. this will become core as you go. I had uh, Dan Fister on. He was just on this show, I think that aired a couple days ago. And he was talking about win-back programs, right? I mean, 25 years I've been in this space yeah. and never had a formal win-back program. But when he walked through the data and I don't want to say it's easy to do. I can, I can understand why companies don't do it because it doesn't fit into a neat little box somewhere. But you know, it's it's a great strategy from a you know a revenue perspective that most most companies aren't even thinking of. Yeah, that's. I mean, wow. Something so, I just I mean, jotted down myself so I can go back and <laughs> listen to that podcast. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the data is pretty, uh, pretty compelling. So especially on the small business side, but even on the enterprise side, he was saying, you know, it's up to 7%, right? An ROI or 7X ROI on the dollars you spend in the win back compared to what you're doing with new business and in some cases keeping current customers. So yeah, if everybody hasn't listened, go back and listen to it. I think it's not just from a win back perspective, but he also talked about what he's learning from those conversations with the win back customers, right? That he can then feed back into the current, you know, customer success team or sales team on why people are buying, why they left, what do we need to improve on? So yeah, when you think non-traditional conversations, but there's always an opportunity to learn. I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> Very right. good. Can't wait to hear yeah. that one. <laughs> and last but not least, um, if you could only have one more beverage and think, you know, your last meal, what would it be? A Cosmo. Ah, uh, nice. Yes, <laughs> I, I, no I hesitation. Secret, no hesitation. I, I secretly think I'm Carrie Bradshaw from Sex in the City. So uh, the Cosmo is my signature drink. I get it every time we go out. <laughs> hey, you got to be you, right? Got to be me. 
<laughs> oh, that's awesome. Can't disagree. I'm not a Cosmo guy, but I like the uh, the thinking and the conviction that you said that with. So <laughs> just makes me feel like I'm sipping on a a drink somewhere in Manhattan. You know, there you go. Sophistication, <laughs> written sophistication. <all> over it. <laughs> awesome. Well, Lindsay, I really appreciate your time today. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we wrap this up? No, I just wanted to say thank you so much for, for having me on the show today. I really had a great time and, um, you know, keep doing this for, for folks. I'm sure there's so many people out there who just learned so much. So thank right. you. I appreciate that. And then if anyone's interested in learning more about you or tell it and kind of your journey, what's the, the best place for people to find you? Absolutely. For Tellit, it's very simple. It's Tellit, T-E-L-I-T dot com. And for me, you can always find me on LinkedIn. That's the best way to catch me. Um, and it's Lindsay with an A-Y and Kelly with an E-Y. And uh, Twitter is L-V as in victory, Kelly. So find me there too. And I will add those to the show notes. So when people hear this, they can easily go back and look. But I love that with the E and the A. Yes, I know. <laughs> you've, <it's... laughs> you've said this before. Many a time. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you again for your time. It was you know, really educational for me. I was looking forward to this and uh, was not disappointed. So thanks again, and you have yourself a great rest of your day. Thanks. You too, Brett. All right. Take care. You've been listening to Hardwired for Growth. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player or visit brettrainer.com. That's B-R-E-T-T, followed by his last name, T-R-A-I-N-O-R dot com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.